Hello, and welcome to Hidden Cube Podcast, a place where you can listen to reviews of art shows, interviews with established and upcoming artists, and finding opportunities to participate in the art scene. My name is Daniel Johnson, and today I'm with... Jeffrey Hampshire, and our special guest is actually a friend of ours that attend BYU with us, Mandy Darrington. Hello, Mandy. Hi. (laughs) Um, I just want to introduce Mandy a little bit. Uh, She recently graduated from BYU with a BFA in studio arts, and then she actually also graduated with a minor in creative writing. Uh, Mandy is from Idaho originally and is currently living in Utah and working at the Sundance Art Studio and Gallery. I'm saying it wrong. The Sundance, no, the Art Studio and Gallery (laughs) at Sundance Resort. Close enough. And something else. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. I'm the art studio supervisor at Sundance Mountain Resort. We're really pleased to have you on our podcast and thank you for coming to this podcast today. Uh, We're excited to hear about your work and actually hear about your experience at Sundance being a recent graduate and just running, being the supervisor there sounds like an interesting position. Could you first kind of just explain your background in art and maybe your current body of art? Yeah. So like you said, I have a BFA in art. Um, before college, I wasn't super involved in, involved in art or arts. Um, like I was more into sports and things like that in high school. And so a lot of my artwork was self-taught and I just liked to draw. Um, but my mom and my dad were also very encouraging of me going to art school. It's kind of the opposite. Like it usually is where it's like, your parents want you to go to business school, but you want to go to art school. It's kind of the opposite. I wanted to go to business school. Um, I wanted to do marketing, but my mom was like, "Mm, perhaps not. Um, and so went into arts, kind of fell in love with it. Um, kind of fell into printmaking as well. I started off really interested in sculpture, um, ended up in printmaking, kind of fell in love with really process based things. It was very physical. I get very, I guess, protective of my drawings. I render quite a bit in my work, take a long time drawing and making these artworks. And so with printmaking, I can make 50 copies of it. And so it's a lot easier to kind of experiment and play with them rather than like my one drawing that took me a hundred hours. And then I'm like, don't touch it. (laughs) So you definitely, you don't regret that your parents pushed you into art, right? No, I think they might regret it. Um, (laughs) they're like, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, I don't know. But, you know, I've really loved it. I really enjoyed my time at BYU. It was really good for pushing me kind of into this direction. So, yeah, the the most recent work that I'm familiar with, Mandy's, um, is like realistic drawings that only include a few items in the in, like information and objects in these drawings. So you might have a full scene as a reference, but you are only including um, figures, signs, kind of things from your own experiences and they're highly detailed in graphite and they look beautiful. And I love the way that you isolate objects. Um, I think it allows the viewer to really like ponder on what that object might mean for them, why it's the thing that's emphasized in it. So it's just interesting. If you want to see her work, she has some work posted on Instagram and we'll include that on our website and you can plug that in actually. What's your Instagram? Um, my art Instagram is Mandy Darrington art, and I will try to be better about posting more things. On <laughs> There's it. a few items, but I'm doing right. my best. <laughs> what was your position again at Sundance? I am the art studio and gallery supervisor at Sundance Mountain and Resort. What does that entail? 
So we have, there's an art studio and gallery at Sundance, um, that pe- which is the home of the Sundance Film Festival, which is probably why it sounds familiar to many people. I kind of manage our receptionists and our instructors. Um, it's a working studio, so you can come in and take classes um, in things ranging from silversmithing, so like metalsmithing, like jewelry, rings, things like that, all the way to painting, drawing, pottery. We're also a gallery, so we have a visiting artist program that local artists will come. We'll show their work for about a month at a time, four weeks, and then we'll switch it out. They'll do a demo on their first day um, showing. And then, yeah, that's kind of my, that's kind of my job. I just work in the studio make sure everything runs smoothly. Um, I'm in contact with our visiting artists. I'm also in contact. We have a glass blowing studio. We have a master glass blowing team that comes from Guadalajara, Mexico. They've been coming for over a decade. Um, and they use recycled glass from the resort and from the Valley, Utah Valley kind of has a garbage recycling program. And so locals will bring up their used glass and we'll turn it into work. Um, our kind of principal main glass blower has been doing it since he was 12 years old. They're really amazing guys. And I speak Spanish. So I'm kind of that contact point for the resort and for the studio. So it's been really cool to work with those guys and learn from them as well. It seems like that they have a lot of opportunity as far as it comes to like process and like I mean, my uncle, he's actually a jeweler. And so he he does a lot of that kind of process and knowing that there's the opportunity to go to a place that's local that you could learn some of these skills is, is really interesting. As far as you being in the space and interacting with these artists and, and this wonderful team from Mexico, um, how is that influencing kind of your drive in creating art or how is that influencing you and what changes you want to make? Yeah, it's been very interesting. It's definitely a very different scene than I was used to in school. Um, different conversations that I'm having. Um, a lot of the people are either like had never done it before. Like, oh, I've always wanted to try pottery. Um, I've always wanted to learn how to paint something. And so it's like stepping quite a bit back from where I'm used to, you know, like with school and different things. But it's been fun to kind of just see how excited people can be about art. Still. I feel like we get the impression that a lot of people are like, meh, you either love art or you just don't care. And they think it's a waste of time. But I feel like so many people are still really excited about things and can still appreciate how beautiful art is. And it's fun to work in a space where it's like anybody can walk in who's never touched clay, who's never touched a paintbrush and can come and you leave with something beautiful. And so it's been really nice to see like people excited and get to talk to people about art and when people come and visit me, it's kind of like a highlight. Um, Sundance is very passionate about the arts. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about Sundance. Robert Redford founded Sundance um, back in the 1960s. Um, and really a lot of our guiding principles come from him and his family about how they're very passionate about the arts and arts being a big part of Sundance and the Sundance experience, which comes from the studio and the gallery and the film festival and all these different things. So it's a, it's kind of, fun seeing art like integrated into multiple parts of kind of this big entity now that it's grown into. Oh, that's exciting. And then also, I just kind of want to touch on your personal work a little bit. Um, I know that when we were in school together, um, you had a lot of great critique for me and things (laughs) like that. And I know that with your work, you leave a lot of white space. And for me, that's always been a a struggle just Mm -hmm. because I'm always like trying to figure out how to fill a a space. So for you with, you know, other artists looking at trying to fill the whole space, what advice would you have for them as far as 
hey, you know, carefully detailed things placed in certain ways can actually mean more and and say more than actually filling a full canvas. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me, uh, before I worked at Sundance, I was a K through 12 art teacher. Um, Wait, how was, long were you doing that? Was that in Idaho? Uh-huh. That's why I was That's up right. in Idaho. I was teaching school. It was wild. Just absolutely wild. <laughs> Kids are crazy. Um, but I, I adored it. It was so much fun. Um, but one of the big things you teach, like your littles, like, you know, first through third, first through fourth grade, is you make sure they fill the whole paper with color. Because kids, a lot of kids will draw very, very small. And so you're kind of trying to teach kids to see like a bigger thing and to fill the whole page and utilize space. And that's kind of how they're learning. But then as I'm teaching older kids, it was more like, okay, like let's choose, like it's important to fill space, but fill space like consciously. Um, And so I feel like that's something like, it's like that old, I don't know who it was, if it was like Picasso or Warhol or one of those old, you know, problematic (laughs) men. Um, who is like, you know, like you have to learn all the rules to break the rules. I feel like it's kind of like that. Like it's important to understand space, um, and what space can and can't do. But if you kind of understand what you're looking for, I guess, like if you understand what space can do, you can understand like what you can do within that. I don't know if that makes any sense. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's a tool just like anything else. Like it's a tool like color. It's a tool like line, just kind of those like basic principles of art, you know? Like if you can twist it kind of to your advantage, like might as well, you know, you're making me think of my experience just during the last few months, I've started teaching an after school program and I'm learning how to teach and, and just experiencing some of those same things where you're trying to emphasize in one group, age group, certain aspects of art. And then you come back to the other and you're trying to teach a whole nother. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's been a, it's been a challenge, but kind of a refreshing challenge to be able to teach and try to remember what um, kind of process-based things you need to remember yourself. So like teaching, you're the first person that we've talked to after graduating that has done some teaching so far. Mm -hmm. And just that experience, I think teaches yourself a ton too. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with that besides (laughs) I'm, (laughs) I'm relating to just your experience of like, trying with the kids. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, I'm very, my last semester or my second to last semester at BYU, I took Dan Barney's, um, curriculum writing class. It was so fun, but that class was so helpful in just understanding like how artists think, like we think a lot differently than kind of your like average population. Um, just in the way that our brain makes connections to different things. I wrote no like, three papers on them. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> like, it's a good thing. It's very, it's very similar to how scientists think. Yeah. Um, like the arts and the sciences are so interconnected and like the artistic process and like the scientific method are literally the same process, just use different words. And so it's really, fa- I think that was really fascinating about being a teacher is understanding, like, you're not just trying to teach like, okay, Here's like a value scale. And this is from like, you know, this is how you draw really well. And this is how you do like these technical skills, but it's also trying to like teach that like thought process of like art is more than just technical skill. And like this, it's more ideas, but this is how you make those ideas. Cause like, everyone's like, I could never see things the way you do, or I could never do that. And it's like, you can, you just don't know how. And it's like, everything can be taught. It sounds really interesting that your experience at Sundance is really introductory. So you're probably teaching a lot more process-based than conceptual based. Yeah. Um, and then the students probably don't return for, I don't know, do they return often for 
like advanced classes or is it mostly just introductory? Yeah, most of it is introductory. Um, something that's great about our studio, like our main painting instructor, um, she has a BFA, but our main pottery instructor doesn't. Like he's self-taught, has like a high school degree and they're both wonderful teachers. Something they're both very good at is like kind of meeting you where you're at. Like they always ask like, have you ever painted before? Have you ever thrown a pot? Have you ever, you know, done these things? And it's like, some people are like, I've been painting my whole life and just wanted to come see what you could teach me. And then other people are like, I'm afraid of paint. I've never touched one before. And so it's like, they're very good about like kind of seeing you where you're at and kind of adjusting that class to what you need. Um, but a lot of it is kind of specific, like, Oh, we're going, I'm going to teach you and walk you through how to paint this picture of an Aspen tree, or we have a printmaking class. Um, and it's just like, very simple. We have a tabletop press and it's just relief with like easy carve blocks. Um, and so it's like, I'm going to teach you how to carve an image and like what that means and how to run it through a press. And so it's kind of very simplified, but I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I'm just kind of going. <laughs> no, there's a lot of thoughts that I'm having. I wanted to, we've actually been discussing a little bit about, um, like art majors having minors as well. And just the influence of having outside influences for your art, that it's not just a process-based, mm -hmm. uh, thing. And I think a lot of people might look at art as that like technical skill, but there's a lot of other ideas that can be brought in being, having had a minor in creative writing, do you feel like that fueled your own art and it's better to have other influences than just like process-based? I guess that's, of course, it's better to have <laughs> other influences, but What's your thoughts on like art majors having minors in other aspects besides art? I think it's always great. You know, it's like any, I feel like we all take from like our own personal experiences and you're just kind of adding fuel to the fire. You know, I'm a big advocate for travel as well. Like I think everybody should live outside of their home country for at least like a year in their life just to understand like a more global perspective or just a different perspective. It's like, if you never leave your home state, hometown, home country, like, like it's hard to see things from an angle that isn't that. And so like, I'm a big proponent of just trying new things. Like to me, I don't know, everything I like see can be a visual reference or everything I do can be something I add into like something I write later. Like, I don't know everything. I had a professor here at BYU, a poetry professor, um, who was always talking about how he carries like a little notebook around. He just, he talks about how he's a thief. And he steals <laughs> phrases all the time that he hears people saying like his kids or just random people at the grocery store or whatever. Like he's like, oh, that's kind of an interesting turn of words or, oh, I like that word. I like that phrase. I like that song lyric. Um, and he writes it down and I found myself doing the same thing. Um, I've been experimenting with like words and storytelling a lot in my like kind of my latest pieces that I've been working on. And a lot of them are just random phrases that I've come up with or that I've read somewhere or that I heard in Taylor Swift song. Or, you know, like wherever kind of it comes, I'm like, I Ghost think Adventures in there too. I know you're always, I watched it. <laughs> it was spooky season. I watched so much ghost adventures this month. It's like my favorite show, <laughs> but some of my ghost adventures, like some phrases from that all the time. I have a little like notes on my notes app in my phone. I have just weird phrases that like make no sense, but I think they're interesting and like words are fun and like, yeah. That's been, I think the most difficult coming back to teaching for a second been one of the most difficult things to try to teach students is bringing in their outside experience from art and not focusing too much on, on the technique that you're teaching. Mm -hmm. So that's why I asked you about like creative writing, how you bring it in 
and like how to teach other people to bring it in. I think it over time it is experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've been looking at these reference photos that you've, you've kind of sent us and you know, one of them is like a restroom that you'd find a, like a national park yeah. or something like that. And so I think it's interesting how you're talking about like bringing in these outside influences and other things like that. So how big of an influence is like travel and like that family time that you spend outside of the home, just like exploring the world, you know, how big of like importance is that? And how can you help others realize that, you know, even a family vacation can turn into an art project? Good question. Um, I don't know. It's like, I've lived in a couple different countries, um, over the past few years and just like, I don't, I just find myself like taking so many photos of just so many random weird things. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just so, I think it's important just to throw yourself into experiences. And like, I just moved to Spain with like nothing. I'm like, I'm just going to move to Spain in a month. And I'm like, okay. And I did it. And like, it was so fun. And it was like very kind of integral to like the way I see things a lot of the time now. And so it's like, I don't know. I think it's just important to understand that like, in it sounds so cheesy, but like inspiration can strike anywhere. Like that's literally the dumbest line <laughs> I've ever said. But I don't know. I think you can take it like every, you don't know what's going to influence you. Um, and like things that are interesting to you. And like that like bathroom photo that I sent you, um, a friend of mine actually just sent that photo to me because she was like, oh, this is like very much like a Mandy thing. And like so many photos, like people have sent me and then like, I'll play with them and like maybe modify them or like, maybe I won't. And so it's like, it's, I don't know. I think it's just important to see like weird little things, daily experiences, daily objects. I like, can have a really big influence on things. It's like little things have big influence, you know, another cheesy line for you. <laughs> yeah. My writer brain coming out. I'm like what other <laughs> cheesy things can I throw at these guys? I'm also like very interested in in the fact, right? We look at art history and we look at painters and painters were doing portraits and then photography came along and then it's like, okay, well now what do painters do? Cause photography does a hundred percent better. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm looking at this kind of like reverse in action, right? People are sending you photographs, you're taking photographs and you're taking the time to sit down. And obviously these are hours and hours of drawing, um, especially with how detailed you get with the, the graphite pencils. Right. And so what is, what do you think about that? That you're like not devolving, but you are spending more time creating more. And now it's almost like a time-based piece, right? Because it's a, a, a lot of glances, not just what you can set on a camera. Yeah. I think a lot of it's like part of my practice, I think is like the time I spend with these objects. Um, like my BFA show um, was really focused on this one specific small town that my family went camping in every summer. Like my parents have, I don't think they've ever missed an, a summer of going camping here since like the eighties. Like they've been going forever to the same campsite, same town same week of august it's like very like ritualistic um but i think like a lot of it like i described it i think when i was writing about it i think it described as like a love letter almost to these experiences like i think it's very important like the time i spend with them is like a way of me asking questions of like because like these things catch my eye and these things are important to me and sometimes i don't understand why they're important to me And so like that time spent is a way of me trying to answer that question for myself. And sometimes I answer and sometimes I don't. And it's just like, well, at least I spent the time, you know, like, well, like we move so quickly um, these days and like everything, like what human attention span is like, what, six, seven seconds now, like that you usually spend with an image. Like, I think it's important to slow down sometimes 
and like spend time with things. Um, I think too, it's like kids our age. Um, I guess we're not kids. I feel like a kid sometimes. So like, I feel very young. Mid twenties. Right. I'm like, I am a child. Um, but I feel like people kind of like in a, in younger generations are kind of revolting is like a really strong word, but like kind of like turning against kind of this, like very like fast fashion, quick, cheap, like, Oh, like quantity over quality things. Like I feel like kids that are younger are kind of turning back. Like, Oh, I would rather have something more expensive that lasts longer. Or I would rather have something handmade in my house. Like I would rather have some like a handmade dinner set by a friend who does ceramics than something from Ikea, for example, you know? And I think that's kind of generational as well as like, we've been kind of seeing this evolution towards just like quick expendable things. And like one that's very damaging to like the environment in our world. Um, and so like, that's like a big concern obviously, but then it's also like, you know, like, I feel like we've lost a lot of appreciation for handmade things and for like artisan skill and those things. And I think that's like a part of it too, is like kind of what's fascinating to me. It's like, yeah, like I could take a photo and like, that's that, but I don't know. I feel like a photo, like these things are important to me and I want to spend more time with them than just like a photograph. I'm just taking it all in on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> My very limited, poorly edited Taking Instagram. all nine photos. No, I know. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I, I love just the way that you talk about a reflection of time. Art is a way, like drawing these experiences is a way for you to reflect on the experience. I think in, in some ways maybe not my end result of the same, the work I do. Cause I think there's relationships between, uh, memory between our two different kind of approaches to art. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes with the sculptures that I'll make, they're kind of a production based thing, but the time that takes for understanding space, the reflection of time, I think is so like part of the art. I, I totally agree. And your process being part of the art, um, seems really reflective and important. And I, I hope everybody has the experience to be able to reflect because you're right. Like we move at such a fast pace and having an opportunity to slow down. Art is one great way to do that. But I'm sure like music, um, other approaches to reflecting on experience is out there. Mm -hmm. After having heard what you said and just processing in my own brain, um, you said that, you know, like having something artisan that your friend made in so I'm wondering, just because I've, I've talked about before how the art world is such a friendly place and like as artists can talk to other artists and, yeah. and it's fairly easy and it's oh, yeah. fairly, I mean, it's awesome. It's like most um, artists are like so nice. I don't know why we have the rep of being like so mean. I'm, I'm like, I can be pretentious at times, but I try to be really nice. Just never right. approach us when we're making something. <laughs> right, I'm like, I get a little grumpy in the print shop sometimes, but that's usually because I haven't had food because I forget. Yeah. But that's on me. That's that's my problem. <laughs> so having graduated and being in the position you're at right now and everything like that, do you feel I mean, if the answer is obviously yes, but you feel like your network has grown in a, in a vast way or have you felt like you've lost some things since you've graduated? I know. I know Jeffrey's and I have talked about this a little bit and I know that I'm going to feel it when I graduate that mm -hmm. I lose that kind of critique from teachers or, or things like that. Um, but what new things have you found in the art world that are helping you kind of move on from that experience? Yeah. Like it's always kind of a bummer. Like, obviously we're all very ready to like graduate by the time we're like a senior. It's like, get me out of here. Like I never want to come back to the studio. 
Um, and then as soon as you leave, you're so sad. Um, just cause like, I think art schools is just a very special kind of time. Like it's so creative everywhere. Like all of my friends were creating things. Like even my friends who were artists, like we're working on things. Like it's kind of just like this weird productive time. And it's kind of this like creative frenzy of like making all of these things and trying to keep up with assignments and trying not to cry in the middle of critiques. And then like, okay, like trying to learn and push yourself and everybody's pushing each other. And like, it's very supportive and everyone's like, like, it's just such a special environment that I think it's hard to replicate. Um, a lot of the time, like since then I had a long time where I didn't make anything like six months at least where I couldn't make anything. And I was trying and just like nothing was really catching my attention. And like, I would try to talk to people about it. I try to write about it. And like, it was just kind of, I don't know if I was just burnt out or what, but really just like having those friends from art school and like people that I've talked to about like being able to create more. I don't know. I send pictures constantly to like people that I met in art school, like my friends, like, Hey, like, what do you think about this? Hey, like, these are kind of a few different versions of like sketches that I've been working on. What do you think? Um, I have a little with, um, some friends, like one friend who graduated here then a couple other friends who are like, aren't even artists. They always want to have like art nights. We call them like, I'll get a test. Like we have another art night. Like we teach me how to do something or like, we'll do it with like a friend who's like a ceramist and they're like, Oh, we teach me how to throw something on the pot. And so like, we'll just kind of get together and like make, like just have a studio night almost like we'll just sit there and be working on our own things, which has been really helpful to kind of almost create that creative environment again. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to like not be afraid of reaching out and like asking people for like, Hey, like, what do you think about this sketch? Or, Hey, like, do you have like 30 minutes? We could just like talk about art. Um, which is kind of hard because I always feel like I'm bothering people. And so I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they're like, no, I've been wanting to talk, you know? <laughs> so I think it's just important to not be afraid to like reach out to people and being like, Hey, we had like one class together one time and I really don't know you that well, but like, I love your artwork and I think you would have great opinions on like this piece that I'm working on. Like, that's one thing that's nice about a technological world is that I can send like 50 pictures of sketches to random people and they can look through them and then like turn around and kind of give me feedback on it. So, and vice versa, you know, you get like, if you're asking people, it's also important to be willing to like give people things as well. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a recurring, a reoccurring topic in our podcast about creating your own opportunities after a graduation. Mm -hmm. And even for people that aren't necessarily in an art program, not even going to college, just learning how to create your own opportunities. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I love reaching out to your past experiences. Uh, sorry, not past experiences, <laughs> past people that you yeah. <laughs> had experiences with and, and trying to uh, stay involved in art conversations, stay involved in your work. Um, and it's probably a reoccurring topic because, you know, you recently graduated fairly recently. Mm-hmm. I recently graduated and Daniel's preparing to graduate. And by the way, congratulations on your final show. Yes, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. It's so, it's so nice to get that thing up and you're like, I'm going to sleep for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't speak enough to just invite everybody to make your own opportunities, have shows in your own apartments. Those are always fun. Like just I find unique. Shows. I know. I love Those that. are so fun. <laughs> you find unique ways to experience with others opportunities to show, to create, um, art together or separately and have reviews together. Yeah. We're kind of nearing the end, but Mandy, 
what's in the future for you? I mean, we, we've heard that you on a whim can move to Spain. You know, so, <laughs> why not? <laughs> so what do you, what do you got planned? Just um, I'm applying for grad schools this fall. So we will see where that takes me, where I get in. <laughs> no. So that's like a little bit nerve wracking, but yeah, grad school, hopefully next, like kind of next fall looking for that until then I will hopefully be up at Sundance making work. I've got a show. Um, I have a solo exhibition up at Sundance. Currently? Um, oh. No, January. Okay. 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 So it will be up in January. You can come see me. Um, it's during film festival season. So it should be wild ski season, putting in a new lift. You can come <laughs> use the new lift. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll have a show up in January and then I don't know. We'll see kind of after that where grad school takes me. I'm applying to kind of all over. So we'll see if I stay West coast, East coast stateside who knows awesome that's that sounds so exciting you know we're grateful to see you again it's been a while and thank you for being on the podcast today um you can go ahead and check out her work again at her instagram that she stated earlier we'll have it on her website and uh hopefully we'll see some more images <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'll be I'll, I'll add them i promise i'll put some more things up. other than that if you have the opportunity in january come see the show and we'll put information on our website as well when we get more details yep and that is hiddencube.art hiddencube.art and we'll look forward to our next episode with you guys here thank thanks you thanks you guys so much thanks mandy